Jam Session is a podcast where two guys who grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth discuss sports, craft beer, life, and their experiences living in one of America's most vibrant cities. If you love sports, you're going to love this show. If you love craft beer or you're curious about it, you'll love this show. Great conversations with good friends is what Jam Session is all about. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, review, hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast. Sponsored as always by Greening Law. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, that moment we've all been awaiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, Bell? I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren, and this, my friends, is Jam Session, the podcast version 265, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. Oh, we found some things to throw out to this. I'm fascinated by the Cowboys roster this year, and, and we're going to dive into that a little bit and take a look. Got some things about baseball. We got a random-ass story to get into around the block. Jacques and I both doing some traveling this week. There's a lot to discuss but none of that can happen without our great part partner of Greening Law. Robert Greening and his green team, man, they've been with us for a long time doing it and getting it done. And I, I'm a client of theirs, as I have told you guys many, many times. It's, it's one of the more interesting things because when you get injured like this and you don't know what to do, Greening Law handles all that crap behind the scenes, scheduling appointments, taking care of phone calls from the insurance and a variety of other things. Like literally all they do is they'll call you and, and they say, okay, here you go. This doctor is going to call you. And then the next thing you know, that guy calls you. I mean, it's been, it's really been a phenomenal process. I, I have never experienced this with anybody else, but I'm telling you this greening law. When you need somebody in your corner, they're in your corner, man. Well, that's why, you know, I think that it's important that people understand that and that they understand that just a phone call away, man, you pick up the phone, you give them a call, you say, Hey, here's my situation. And uh, hopefully they take you on as a client because the thing that they do is they walk you through this difficult process, this confusing process, this intimidating process, and they rock with you the whole way. And, you know, pick up the phone, 972-934-8900, give them a call, and then let them fight the battle for you. And I think that way, you know, you take the stress off of you, you let them do what they do best, and then, as I like to tell you all, they don't get paid unless you get paid. It's a win-win. It is a win-win, and like you said, that consultation is absolutely free. If you've been hurt in an accident, if you were injured on the premises of a business, if you feel like you've got a case, give them a call, 972-934-8900, 972-934-8900. It's Robert Greening, offices, Dallas, Texas. Oh, these Dallas Cowboys, man. We've been, the last few podcasts, we've been kind of following along. As many of you know, ESPN put out that, those 10 the top 10 list at 11 different positions as viewed by 50 different league executives and coaches and scouts and players people in the NFL that are around this all the time every day well they finished all 11 lists have been revealed and I think it's interesting and I don't know what to make of it when you look at this and you start diving into where the Cowboys fit and you realize they don't have a lot of high-end talent on this roster and I say that in a sense, 11 different positions. And the only two players that they had ranked that were in the top seven at any position in the NFL were Micah Parsons at linebacker and Zach Martin at guard. That's it. The next highest ranked player by, well, that's not fair because Tyron Smith was fifth tackle. So they have three guys in the top five at their positions. The next highest ranked player is the eighth ranked tight end with Dalton Schultz, believe it or not. And then you start looking at this, and, and it's interesting because they have the 15th-ranked edge rusher in Tank, the 10th-ranked quarterback, the 10th-ranked cornerback with Trayvon Diggs, the 12th-ranked running back, the 16th-ranked wide receiver with C.D. Lamb, no safeties in the 23 who got votes, and no defensive tackles in the 20 who got votes. And I don't know what we make of this other than the fact that it goes back to what I was talking about. 
the absolute high end where you look at it across the board and go, man, they've got some high-level players, really, th- that's not very much the case anymore. Dude, it's I've been very – I think I've been very consistent. I don't like this team. <laughs> like, I don't – they look like a team that's uh, – and when I say I don't like them, I mean in terms of championship consent, tender, real threat to make a deep run in the playoffs, all of that. I just don't like them, man. I don't – I think – you can you can just do the old school legal what do you call it man a uh, yellow legal pad who's here who's gone or who who's here who's gone and who replaced them and when you do it like that man it seems to me like they let more talent go yeah. than they brought back in and so what they're doing is they're selling you this hope and you know the cowboys are better than just about anybody else in the league is selling hope and they're selling you that these guys who you've never seen be a drop, who you've never seen do anything of note, who you've never seen be a difference maker, will be better or equal to the difference makers that you saw go out the door. And to me, man, that's just a tough sell. Uh, I would love for them to prove me wrong. I hope they prove me wrong because when the Cowboys win, it's good for everybody's business related to the NFL and the Cowboys, including me and Matt's, including mine. I just don't see it, bro, because to me, the roster's got way too many holes in it. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, when you really start looking at this, and again, you can, all you got to do is take a look at the top 10 list, and that is people around the league looking at the Cowboys and kind of telling all of us that they just don't see it. Yeah, you've got you've got a dynamic, one of the best defensive players in the NFL who hasn't even begun to crack his prime yet in Micah Parsons. But then, quite honestly, you look at the rest of the defense, and you're like, okay, what else you got? You got an aging edge rusher who may still have something left. I hope that he does. But a guy that, quite honestly, hasn't given you what he's supposed to have given you in, what, three seasons now? And outside of that, on that defense, you've got a cornerback who we think is, and the league tells us he's a top 10 cornerback. But like we talked about with Trayvon Diggs, he makes a lot of plays on the ball. He also gives up a lot of boom or bust plays. I think he'll develop. I like Trayvon Diggs a lot. But outside of that on that defense, quite honestly, Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, Tank Lawrence, that's three guys out of 11. I don't know where else you look on that defense and you say, oh, okay, that's a guy that any other team would love to have. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. But take it one step further. How many other guys on the starting 22 are are players that the other teams would love to have? Yeah, and and, and quite honestly, those are the guys who got ranked. (laughs) You know, I mean, right. yeah, like, like if you were putting together only a handful of them, if you were putting together a th- like three wide receivers, you know, that's the thing. Would you take CeeDee Lamb? Yeah, you'd love to have CeeDee Lamb, but much like that list showed us, there's probably about 12, 14 other wide receivers you'd take before you got to CeeDee Lamb. You know, Tyron yeah. Smith is still Tyron Smith. A lot of teams would love to have a left tackle like that. Zach Martin, every team in the NFL outside the Colts with Quentin Nelson would take Zach Martin right now and he'd start immediately on the line. Right. Outside of that... You know, Dak, I, I do think there's a lot of teams that would probably prefer Dak over what they have. But, I, I mean, man, that's the thing. Like, I don't know that a lot of these other guys are are players that anybody else would really want. All right. Now, a lot of y'all are sitting there going, well, damn, you're so negative. The season hasn't even started yet. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm blah. the positive cool. one. I'm the guy who overestimates you know? the Cowboys. Uh, give us something to, to lean on. And, you know, what I can't tell you is ain't nobody ever done it till they've done it. Um, and you know, man, sometimes you got to look back at it like this, like, you know, cats spend their whole life working for for an opportunity and, you know, you sit around and wait and then you get it. Matt had never hosted a show, a daily show by himself until he did it. And so, you know, the station in Alabama took a chance on him. We think he's got potential. They had their head coach and the GM all talking. Hey, we're going to add him to the team. Let's hope he can do something. But we don't know. They put him on a team. He's done great. So that one worked out. Um, you know, so it can't work out. Just because the guy hasn't done it doesn't mean he can't do it. It just doesn't mean he hasn't done it yet. So there's lots of guys on his team with opportunities who haven't done it yet, who have a chance to do it. But the problem is you're, you're, you're counting on a few of those guys and for them to all hit you're lying to yourself. Yeah. They're not all going to hit. And yeah, that's, that, the that's the key, man, and you're exactly right, and that's why when you look at this, you know, it's very, very interesting because I was looking at this as well. When you look at where the Cowboys are 
And we, we listened to that crap they fed us about the salary cap and this and that. And, 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 you know, when you look at the cap, what's really interesting about this cap this year for the Cowboys, they only have six players making over six and a half million dollars on the cap this year. And they have no one making more than Dak, whose cap hit is only 19.7. They do not have anybody that's making $20 million in the cap this year. Dak's 19.7. And here's part of the problem as well, is when you start looking at this, now you're getting a deal and we all know this with Tyron Smith over the life of his contract. He's got a $17.5 million cap hit this year, which might seem a little high. Right. But Tyron Smith, that deal, I don't even care. Doesn't matter to me. You've right. gotten an amazing deal on that. Zeke is an $18.2 million hit this year. Demarcus Ooh. Lawrence is 14. Zach Martin, you're getting a steal on. He's only 12. Dalton Schultz is 10.9. Then you drop all the way down. And it almost feels like now you are getting some guys on rookie deals which is, you know, Michael Parsons and CeeDee Lamb and those guys. But the, when your sixth highest paid player is Dalton Schultz at 10-9 and your seventh highest paid player this year, nobody will guess this. I get, Well, you might because you know salaries really well. Who do you think is the next highest behind Dalton Schultz's 10.9 this year? On the Cowboys roster? Yeah. I mean, of course it's on the Cowboys roster. That was a part of the game show where you're stalling for more time. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I was like, actually, no, it's a trick. It's the Dolphins <laughs> roster. I'm going to say I'm going to go out on a limb. Somebody like J. Ron Curse. You're not far off. It is kind of somebody like that. It's Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown right is the, the seventh highest paid cowboy at $6.5 million is Anthony Brown. And to me, when you're sitting here and you're telling me, so your sixth highest paid player is Dalton Schultz. Your seventh highest paid player is Anthony Brown. Eighth is Jordan Lewis. I was going to say Jordan Lewis has got to be like number eight or number nine. I mean, to me, that kind of tells you a little bit of something when, because most rosters, when you look at the top, those are supposed to be your best elite guys, like your top 10 guys that you're paying the most money to. And it's weird to me that Dalton Schultz, Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis are six, seven, and eight on the highest paid Cowboys this year. Dude, that speaks to the roster, man. You know what, bro? Not only does it speak to the roster, but the guys making the most money, if we're going to keep it real, and that's what we do here, most of those guys are no longer going to be, they're not going to be able to play to that contract. Correct. Yep. You know, like if you're paying a guy $18 million with Zeke, and y'all know I'm a Zeke guy, you want him to play to that contract, which means 1,500 yards, 10 touchdowns, you know, 4.3 yards per carry, one of the top two or three backs in the league. He ain't, he's I don't think he's going to play to that. I mean, most of y'all don't even think he's play anywhere close to that. Uh, I think he's got a shot to be a really good player. But you look at Tank Lawrence, that big contract he's got. You need 12 sacks and all pros conversation. Maybe you didn't get an all pro, but people are like, wow, he just certainly had an all pro season. And that's where your team gets bad, man. Or that's when they can't reach the level that you t that you hope they can reach when you got guys – who can't play to their contract because of age or or something else, uh, just look at it, man. Look at their salary cap, and I'll tell you a lot about their team. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying here. And, and it's weird because, you know, really through no, no fault of their own, but this is where it happens is you start looking at these guys. And, again, you go back to the guys that are making a ton of the money here, and you look at where they're at in their careers, like kind of what you're saying. We believe in Dak, and, and I've gone off on this on the podcast before. It blows my mind that they invested that kind of money in Dak Prescott and then looked at the rest of the roster and didn't think that they should do some of the things that other teams are doing in a sense of going for it while you believe you've got a guy you can win with. I'll never understand that philosophy. You look at Zeke. Did we know Zeke was going to turn out like this? No. Injuries and whatnot. Is the burst going to be there? Can he have a season like he did before he got hurt last year but do it throughout the duration of the year? We'll see. Tyron Smith is over 30 years old now, been in the league forever. He's still up there at the top, but he's aging. Tank Lawrence just turned 30. Zach Martin turns 32 in November. And you and I have kind of talked about this. When you look at who the Cowboys have invested in at the core of this team, that core is about to have to turn over. And yeah. that's what I think is so freaking strange to me. Like, how do you not look at this roster and say, where we've put a lot of our money, these guys... Even Zeke, unless Zeke is Adrian Peterson or, or unless we think Zeke is a Hall of Fame running back, even Zeke is getting to a point where running backs drop off. 
And we honestly don't know about him. Everybody else that's at the top of the list outside of Dalton Schultz, all these guys that are making money, are aging. Now, you, you believe you've got a quarterback, but you didn't put anything around them. You didn't invest in pieces around Dak Prescott. You got rid of them, and that's where this season, especially for me, I think is, is somewhat maddening. Bro, the frustration is that they didn't go make it. They didn't. I wrote all of last year, and I wasn't the only one, but I recognized it very early on that last year was the year you really had to be all in and go for it because you could tell who's on the roster, who they probably weren't going to bring back because of contract. Last year's roster was the one that was supposed to compete for a championship. Yes, we know they had some injuries, but last year's roster was the one, man. And if you wanted to make to do it again this year, you know, you're going to have to invest some money and do some other things. But last year was the year to do it. That's why it was frustrating that they didn't even spend more money to try to go for it the way the Rams did or the way Buffalo was doing it this year. Uh, they're just kind of a maddening franchise, man. They kind of drive you crazy. Yeah. Um, everybody they do. has dated a man or a woman like this. They're beautiful. They got a lot of positives, but they just, they, I didn't want to cuss on a Sunday morning. <laughs> but, but, you know, they just fucking drive you crazy, Matt. They do. Okay, fine. I got it out of my system. Everybody's dated somebody like that. Some people have been married to somebody like that. But the, the, they just drive you crazy. You keep trying to overlook the things that drive you crazy because they got really good qualities about them. But at a certain point, sometimes you just go, geez, what the hell is your problem? And the Cowboys, to me, are like that. They got a lot of good qualities, but they've just so mismanaged this thing that you're like, what, what, really, what do y'all be thinking about? Yeah, I think there is a lot of that. And it, it's gotten to a point now, and that's where, you know what, maybe we're wrong, like you said. I hope that we are wrong. I hope that this is a team that, you know, Dak is ready to play on a level where he can be truly a top 10 quarterback and, and play like a top six or seven quarterback most of the season. And that Michael Gallup... That injury doesn't linger, and he comes back earlier than we expected, and he and CeeDee Lamb are just tearing it up. You know, I, we hope that, but th again, those are ifs. I, we hope that Zeke is, oh my God, okay, so Tony Pollard is legit, and Zeke looks like he did in the first five games last year. This is great. And then maybe you can do some things, but it it's really, really frustrating like you're talking about, and I think that that's just, you look going into this season, I've been really excited pretty much ever since 2016. I've kind of believed because I believe in Dak, and I've been very vocal about that. I believe they've got a quarterback that you can win with. He doesn't have to be Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Pat Mahomes to be able to win with the guy. And I believe you've got a quarterback good enough that you can win with. And then I look at it and some of the moves and the questions they make. And some of it, it's almost like it's just, you know, some of it's their own dumb, bad decisions. They've got 17-something million dollars on the dead cap this year because of Jalen Smith, Lyle Collins, and somebody else that I'm forgetting about. That's got a chunk of, oh, Amari Cooper, because they got rid of him. You know, so you look at right. stuff like that, and, and it's like you could have looked back and said, was Jalen, did he really need the contract you gave him at the time? Amari Cooper, was it really necessary to move on from Amari Cooper? Lyle Collins, I don't, I, I mean, that one's a mystery, I think, to all of us. Like, I thought that dude was going to be like a Pro Bowl level right tackle that they'd kind of stolen, and it, all that crap that went through with him was just kind of weird. But it's weird with this franchise because it seems like they have those things where they are the only franchise that looks at it and goes, oh, my God, Jalen Smith, we better invest in this guy. And then, like, two seasons later, it's like, holy shit, this guy sucks. Can't even get in the league. <laughs> no, I think, um, you know, they were in a – I mean, you got to make these decisions, man. You know, when cats come to their contract, sometimes it's hard to let them go, like Cedric Wilson. Sometimes you need to let them go. Uh, sometimes you invest. You just hope you make the right move when you invest and you hope that they give you – something of what you what you what you're expecting um you know we all knew it was going to be tough for Zeke at this year in his career if, if he was a normal player because this is when they start to break down he's just had some injuries um you know and some bad luck and some other stuff but uh it's a frustrating time if you're a Cowboys fan and you know dude I just don't have a lot of positivity for this season in terms of being a real contender you know can they go nine and eight can they go ten and seven yeah is this a bad division yeah you know i still think the eagles are a better team um you know until proved otherwise to me um 
it's just, dude, they need so much to so much right to go for them. Y'all got to understand, I've been doing this since 1995 with the Dallas Cowboys. So I understand what it takes to be a real contender. I understand how you can have teams that surprise you. But there's a reason why this franchise has been un, unable to string together consecutive 10-win seasons mm-hmm. since 95-96, dog. Think about that. Yeah. We're just talking about two good years in a row. Not great years, just consecutive good years and they can't do it because they are the epitome of inconsistency yeah they are and I agree I I think that the Eagles you know the one thing about I will say about the NFC East is still the fact that Dak Prescott's the best quarterback in this division you know we can debate where he fits in the hierarchy of the NFL there is no debate he is the best quarterback in the NFC East I, I, I mean Jalen Hurts is I mean, he's probably going to be one of my fantasy keepers this year. That dude can sling it and he can run it around, but he's not on Dak's level. He he just isn't. Carson Wentz isn't. Whoever the Giants decide that they're going to roll with isn't. I mean, that's just the reality of it, that Dak's the best quarterback in the NFC East. And so now I think you're almost asking Dak, okay, and it almost seems the Cowboys are doing this. We believe in you. You're going to have to make some of these guys. You're going to have to play at a level, kind of like how Romo used to do when they're, I mean, we give Romo a lot of shit, but the reality of it is there are five and 11 Cowboy teams that Romo was able to get to eight and eight. You know, and yeah, I, I, I kind of wonder if, if this is one of those teams for Dak. Is this a, a seven and 10, eight and nine team that Dak is going to have to get to 10 wins? Dude, and there's nothing wrong with that, man. Um, if you want to be one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League at some point, that's what you got to do. Uh, and and the question is whether he can do it. None. He hasn't had to do it per se. Now he does, and now we'll see. And then, and what we're talking about is what separates you from from the groups and the tiers of quarterbacks. And so I'm anxious to see him do it. I think Dak's a terrific player. Um, you know, I think he's better than a lot of people think that he is. And so let's just see if he can get it done. Because now's the opportunity. There's now's the time they need it. He got the contract, and nobody begrudged. Well, I didn't anyway. No, he didn't. He wasn't begrudged the contract. Like, dude, you're one of the best quarterbacks. You deserve the money. Uh, go get it. But now, man, you got to you got to go perform at the highest level. Yeah, and it, it's interesting because I just pulled up the Eagles, and I was looking at that, and I was like, you know, obviously you're taking Dak over Jalen Hurts. I don't know that any. And I know some of you that are Eagles fans, you're probably I would take Jalen Hurts. No, you wouldn't. But you know, you look at it. <laughs> I, let's be real, okay? The offensive line, we always talk about the offensive line for the Cowboys. Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, cool. Well, the Eagles are kind of matching you with Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey. You know, they, they, right. they've got some nice pieces, and they've got a really good young guard, Landon Dickerson, who is up and coming. Last year, I, I don't think this is even a question. The Cowboys, you take their receivers all day, but now let's, let's remember. The Eagles traded for A.J. Brown, who is better than, to me, any of the receivers the Cowboys have right now. CeeDee Lamb could become a receiver of that level, but I'm taking A.J. Brown above anybody. And oh, by the way, what does that do? It just puts Devontae Smith, who had a phenomenal rookie season, he doesn't have to be the number one wide receiver for them anymore. I mean, to me, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, that might be a level above what the Cowboys can roll out with even CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup. I don't think there's. I don't think there's a maybe to that. I think there. That's a better duo. And then it, it, Dallas Goddard at tight end. Let's stop. I think everybody would take Dallas Goddard, regardless of statistics. The potential that everybody has there with Dallas Goddard. There's a reason why they let Zach Ertz walk. You know, running back Miles Sanders. I'd probably give the Cowboys the edge because of Zeke and Pollard. But where this sticks out to me is defensively. Their front with Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave and Derek Barnett, their cornerbacks with Darius Slay. And keep in mind, they when the Giants, for whatever reason, got rid of James Bradbury, the Eagles picked him up. They have better defensive pieces than the Cowboys do. Now, will they have a better defense? Dan Quinn pulled some magic last year, but we'll see how that goes. And don't forget, they they picked up Jordan Davis, and I thought they got a steal in the third round with N'Kobe Dean when they took him this year at linebacker. But we'll see. But that defense, point being, the Eagles went out and made some moves this offseason, especially with the James Bradbury signing and the A.J. Brown trade that benefited their team, that you can point to and say, well, the Eagles tried to do something to get better. I don't know what we point at to the Cowboys and say, well, the Cowboys went out and tried to do something to get better. You know what, bro? That's a really good point. 
like every point, every move the Eagles made was seemingly to get better. Um, every cowboy, every move the Cowboys made was seemingly let's plug up this hole we just created. You know, and that's where they came up with this whole BS line about, oh, we didn't really want Randy Gregory. I mean, we wanted him, but now that we think about it, this three for one we got instead of him is great. It's like, what are you talking about, bro? That ain't, I mean, I didn't think it was the end of the world that Randy Gregory left. Yeah. But don't pee on our head and call us it's raining and say, well, you know, nice guy. We got this three for one deal starting, uh, you know, with uh, Doris Armstrong to play defense van, and we're, we're great now. Like, yeah. Come on, bro. Yeah. Stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. But yeah. that's what they do, bro. That is exactly what they do, and that's why it's going oh, to be an interesting season. It's just going to be an interesting season. And I don't know, and again, we'll get through training camp, and maybe we're wrong, and maybe we'll start talking to Arch and Chill again, and they'll be out there in Oxnard and be like, holy crap, like, for real, like, this Jalen Tolbert dude, I mean, he's, you can't cover him. And uh, Trayvon Diggs, I mean, he already has 17 interceptions in camp. Like, it's unbelievable. Who knows? Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get that. I, I don't know. But just on paper, which is all we can do right now, and based on what we've known from what the Cowboys have done, uh, I don't want this to be a rough season, man. I really don't want this to be a rough season. <laughs> Uh, let's hope it won't be. I don't have a lot of faith. But y'all know it ain't my job to have hope, faith, and optimism, baby. It's my job to just call it what it is. If it's half a glass of water, it's, that's what it is. It ain't half full. It ain't half empty. It's just a half a glass, bro. And those, I mean, three out of their first five games, you're playing Tampa Bay, who many people probably believe can win the Super Bowl again this year. You're playing Cincinnati, who just lost the Super Bowl. And then in early October, you got to go on the road to the Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. I mean, it, look, at, on the bright side, your first two games are at home. Yeah, it's Tampa Bay and Cincinnati right out of the gate, but you get both of those teams at home. But man, you yeah. could you could be, this could easily, and then you go on the road to Philadelphia immediately after the Rams. I'm. This could be, depending on what this team is, you could be two and four after six games. Yeah, you could be, but... You know, it's um, I ain't ready to go out there yet. I'll take three you know, and three. Think, That'd work. <laughs> I mean, cause we got to see how it breaks down. Um, you know, see what happens in training camp and all of that uh, before I get down into the oh the real disaster talk. Because uh, I, I can't be somewhat optimistic. But we all know that they got to play well. They've got a full training camp. They got good health right now. And uh, let's just see what they do. But. You know, I don't have a lot of expectations, so maybe that's good. Whatever disappointment I have, it won't be great. That's true. That's actually, that's very, very true. Yeah, because the expectations aren't as high <laughs> as they have been in years past. So maybe at yeah. the end of the season, I'm like, oh, I wasn't that surprised. I won't be nearly right. as disappointed as I was last year. Exactly, exactly. Um, and last year, don't, don't, don't get it twisted. It was a very disappointing season because I knew this was going to be a year where they had a lot of talent and they had an opportunity to make it happen. Yep. And they, I mean, they didn't come close to making it happen. Got their ass kicked by San Francisco, regardless of what the score was. None of us ever thought they were winning that game after the first couple of series. Yeah, man. I mean, there it is. That's what, <laughs> that's exactly what we're talking about. I mean, typical Cowboys, I suppose it's rough, man. It's just rough. And I don't know what else to say, but like you said, I will have hope, faith and optimism. I will have hope and I will believe that maybe it'll happen. I don't know. We'll see. We continue, and we'll move forward here since we've been just lamenting about the Cowboys for the first half hour. One thing that always makes you feel more positive is Freeway Tire Shop because you can drop your car off. You know you're good. That's why you take all your vehicles there. I mean, JR, his crew, <laughs> the level of service that you're going to get there, I mean, they will blow you away with their customer service and their workmanship is second to none. It's the mechanic you can trust. It's Freeway Tire Shop. Freeway Tire Shop, my boy, JR. He's a dude, and, uh, you know, I've told all, unless you're like one of those cats who grew up with your dad teaching you how to fix your car, then you probably like me. You know how to put oil in it. You know how to change the flat. You know how to jump it. But outside of that, man, you rely on the experts. And JR is an expert, man, and I trust him. That's why I take my cars there, because you can trust him to diagnose the issue, which is first and foremost the most important thing your mechanic can do. Then I, you know, then I trust him to use quality parts, bro, so that my car doesn't have the same problem a year and a half from now. I trust them to give me a fair price, which we all know a lot of people don't. And then I trust them to stand behind his work. Jeez, is that asking too much? I don't think so. But JR does it every single time. That's why I take all six of my cars to him. 
Yeah, I got six. Don't judge me. He's worked on all of them, literally. And uh, that's why I continue to work with Freeway Tire. If you're in DFW, you're downtown, right off of 35 in Commonwealth, near the medical district, JR is the spot to go. He'll get your car right, and he'll do it quickly, man. But he'll do it fast, quick, fast, and uh, but good. There it is. Freeway Tire Shop online. FreewayTireShop.com. You can get a quote, schedule an appointment. Makes it easy for you. Also, of course, Smokey John's Barbecue. Have you guys swung by yet and grabbed your jam session bowl? Have you enjoyed the menu item that's really on the secret menu? They created just for us. And we tell you guys about Smokey John's, and it's funny because every so often still, some of you that have not yet been to Smokey John's Barbecue, you'll go, and every time that happens, somebody will send us, like, it's a tweet or a message on our Instagram, whatever. And like, okay, you guys are right. Smokey John's is awesome. Finally made it over there, and it blew my mind. That's what we've been telling you guys about. It does not get better than Smokey John's Barbecue. It's right there off Mockingbird. They've got the secret menu. They've got their regular menu. Really doesn't matter because you can't go wrong. Anything you do at Smokey John's is good. Smokey John's, man, is the spot. I love it because, like you said, bro, everything on the menu is delish. Uh, it doesn't matter whether we're talking ribs, we're talking wing Wednesday, we're talking the jam session bowl off the, off the secret menu, we're talking to Steve White off the secret menu and the fantastic catfish rib combination they put together. It's all sensational. So what you need to do is next time you're around 35 in Mockingbird, swing by uh, Smokey John's, pick something, anything, you're going to enjoy it. And then if you ain't even in DFW, man, go to their website, SmokeyJohns.com, go to the marketplace, click on it, and guess what? You had that sauce that Matt loves to drink by itself. Huh? Don't judge him. Or the rub that they use on everything. You can have it at your doorstep in a couple days. Yeah, it's easy to do, man. It's Smokey John's. Check them out, SmokeyJohns.com or in Dallas. Right off of Mockingbird, Smokey John's Barbecue, family-owned, it's the best, get over there. So this, this trip around the block, this is interesting because, well, before we get into what we're going on this week, you and I had just talked about speeding and speeding tickets and going through this whole thing. and Bro. And then you send me this article. <laughs> we had to localize this stuff. And man, it doesn't get much more local. I mean, many of you that listen live in Richardson. Well, I didn't know that this was a thing, but apparently there is a case where two Richardson police officers who are now on leave are whistleblowers in a federal lawsuit where they have filed against the city, basically contending that Richardson police have been running a ticket quota scheme for decades. Yeah, bro. Which are illegal in Texas. And... The fact that two cops spoke out about this is really interesting. And, I mean, there is a trail of information. <laughs> it's like this article is basically arguing, hey, Richardson, settle. Like, in this now, settle because you're going to lose a ton of money. Because this goes all the way back to 2020 during the pandemic. They've got emails and whatnot. Right. A captain in the Richardson police sent an email to two lieutenants. April was our lowest month. As to be expected due to minimal traffic and accidents because of the pandemic, not a lot of cars. The numbers have increased for May, but the bulk of them are a result of the traffic unit. There are way too many officers with single-digit stats. Address this with your sergeants. The goal is for everyone to contribute to the mission, not just a few. The mission. And then the mission. this sergeant forwards it and responds... This should come as no surprise as we talked about this going into the month. One week left. The mission, officers with single-digit stats, one week left. I mean, obviously, that's a quota that you're trying to hit. There's an expectation to go out and write tickets in Richardson, which right. is illegal. Right, right, right. Dude, It's um, we all knew this took place. That's what I'm surprised of, and, it, it, and maybe I shouldn't be, man. I'm still surprised that people send emails like this out. I know. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, like if you want to stand, if you want to say, hey, we got a meeting today, the daily briefing, and you want to address it in the briefing, you know, you can have a reasonable expectation that your officers are not recording your briefing. But when you start sending in emails, man, in today's world, like, check this out, Doc. I was talking for a project I was working on uh, last fall. I was talking to somebody um, and he said, I'm going to, he said, I'll send you this text in a, in a few minutes. He was sending me some documents yeah. that I wasn't supposed to have. And before he sent them, you know what I said? I said, Doug, is that your personal phone 
or is that your business phone? I said, because, and this is a, a public, it was like a state institution. And I was like, because if you're sending me something off your, off your, off your business phone, dog, if some reporter wants the information act or your boss wants to look at your phone records, they can. He's like, oh, I'm way ahead of you, man. It's my personal phone. I said, all right, cool. I'm just checking. And he started laughing. I said, dude, I'm serious, bro. You got to be aware of these things when you're dealing with sensitive information. Yeah. And for the police department should know better that, you know, you're a public institution so or a public entity. So it doesn't take anything for somebody to do a Freedom of Information Act. Now, you can stall them for as long as you choose to stall them. But at some point, you got to deliver the information. And this is the type of stuff that they're looking for. Yeah. I mean, it's so bizarre that I totally agree with you. It's like sometimes when I see stuff like this, I'm like, have you guys never watched a spy movie or anything? <laughs> like, what's the first thing they do? They hack into your emails or they go through your text messages to figure this out. I mean, that's why you have burner phones and why you have stuff that can't be tracked. I mean, what are we doing? That's why you set up clandestine meetings so that you can talk with your hands over your mouth and code face to face. Right. I mean, it's not it ain't that complicated to do it, bro. Yeah. So this is going to be interesting because, again, a federal lawsuit that apparently in East Texas, this happened a while back and the jury awarded a couple of police officers out there one point five million dollars because of yeah. this. So you don't want oh, to mess with this. They're about to not them. Their careers are over, but they're about to get paid a lump sum. So, you know, they can work it out. It's all good. Yeah, well, we'll see how it turns out, but good job, Richardson. Way to go. <laughs> so the other thing, and, and this is interesting because you and I are both traveling this week for separate media days because you're coming to Birmingham later this week. But I'm coming to Birmingham. My boy ain't even going to be there. How messed up is that? I'm I know. not going to say anything, but like, but like really. Like, I, I thought that is so strange that you're coming to Birmingham the week <laughs> that I happen to be leaving Birmingham because I'm going to Atlanta for work all week. For us, I'm actually like we're recording this Sunday afternoon. I'm as soon as we're done here, we're headed to Atlanta, and I won't be back until Thursday night. Really, what this goes to show is we have a couple of bad twelve-letter cuss words who really are important people. <laughs> yeah, perhaps <laughs> that's yeah. the way I look at it. <laughs> I'll take it, man. That works for me. But so, when, when are you? Are you coming on Wednesday to Birmingham? Yes, I will. I wasn't trying to arrive at ten in the morning, but that was the best flight for my situation and circumstance. So. Uh, yeah, I'll be there about 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I've tried to schedule a couple of meetings for that day. I need to check on them tomorrow and see how, how they looking. Uh, and then, uh, Thursday I got the, uh, the actual media day. Yeah. And then I'm bouncing first thing smoking on Friday. All right. Nice. Yeah. So I, cause I'm in Atlanta. I'll probably come to trivia night on Thursday night so we can kick it a little bit. Yeah. Cause I started, I started hosting trivia once a month. That's what also is interesting is like the one time that you're here is the one time a month that I, I'm hosting trivia at a brewery here in the Birmingham area. Cause I only do it once a month. It's sports trivia. And man, I got to tell you, like it's, it's gotten doing only sports trivia every month. Like you'd think I look at these questions and I'm like, man, am I making these too hard? Are these too easy? I, I don't know. Last I month I felt like it did a good a hard, job. I think that's a hard thing to do. The difference between easy and hard. Yeah, because you don't want it to be too easy, but you also don't want people to be miserable. Like, what the hell? Nobody knows this. And I kind of did that the first time around. Yeah, but it's always okay to start off harder because you can always make it easier, I think. Yeah. So, like it's more difficult to do the other way around. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I've, I've thrown in, like, some really easy questions. But then, like, to, to the point, I think certain questions are very easy and then people will have no idea. And I'm like, man... And I try to remind people, I'm like, you're, you are coming to a sports trivia. So, again, th this isn't like super easy trivia night. This is sports trivia. I'm asking you 40 questions. Probably some of them are going to be really hard. Right, right. That's but fair. I, I think what I've learned in, in doing the trivia is that a lot of people think they know a lot about sports until you start actually digging into trivia questions. And they're like, oh, I know the generic stuff. You're like, well, cool. But I guess you don't know, like, down the rabbit hole of sports randomness. I know, Doug. Definitely some hard stuff uh, you can get to. I've been, you know what's funny, man? I've been looking at TV shows with an eye for trivia lately. <laughs> Meaning, I was looking at some show the other day, and they were like, it was kind of a side character, but they gave his full name for the first time. I was like, that's the kind of question that would be in a trivia question. Or they were the the address for the for the where they live popped up and I was like that's the kind of thing that would be on the trivia question 
This yeah. is Matt's influence on me. Random things <laughs> I think about. Me. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's funny because I still got to do ten questions that I'll work on at some point when I'm in Atlanta, and I got to finish putting this together. But I mean, it's you know, you go through them. Like I'll tell you this one for instance. But like for me, I try to make the first round easy. So everybody says, oh, we're having a good time. And, and we're a couple of beers in. And then I, I try to drop some hard ones later on. <laughs> but this is a trivia question that I, I bet most people don't realize. So here it is. The current New York Yankees franchise moved to New York in 1903. But they weren't known as the Yankees until 1913. What was the franchise called from 1903 until 1913? The Yankees? They were not the Yankees. They were some other team. Yes, they, they, it's the New York Yankees. It's the same franchise, but for whatever reason, the first 10 years they were in New York, they, they weren't known as the Yankees. Uh, this is going to be, they're going to have some stupid name like yeah. the. Uh, You'll never get uh, it. I mean, nobody, unless you know, see, but this is one like if you, unless you know it, there's no way you could talk it and get it. You know what I mean? Uh, let me see. Let me see. I'm going to say they were. Just tell me, and I'll say if it's the kind of stupid name I was thinking. It probably is. They were known as the Highlanders. The New York Highlanders. Really? Yep. And then for whatever reason. called the Highlander. What is the Highlander? Is it something or is it like a. Well, the high, like, you know, the Scottish Highlands, I guess, is, is the Highlanders came from Scotland. Like my, my deep ancestry where my name McLaren came from was from the Scottish Highlands. So that's what I would guess. It's something from that. I, that's what I would guess. But that's one of those trivia questions that I just threw out there because, you know, it's kind of unique and interesting. And is is there anybody who somehow knows what that is? And also, I like to throw really hard questions out from time to time to see if people cheat. <laughs> Meaning there's no way you would know this unless you cheated. Yeah, like generally speaking, if you are walking your answer up from the back and you got this right, you probably cheated. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But then like one of them, like I, I it's so for instance... The Pittsburgh Steelers played in Heinz Field since it opened in 2001, but beginning this upcoming season, what is the new name of the stadium where the Steelers will play? It starts with an A. I just read yeah. it the other day. See, and everybody just saw this because it was all over SportsCenter. It was all over everything. It was all over ESPN.com. And I don't yeah. know that most people will remember it because it's so new. Well, that's another thing. It's like S. It's like, I don't know. It's like six letters, but it starts with an A. Yeah, you're, it's Acrisure Stadium. Yeah, you were very, very close. You knew what you were talking about. <laughs> but that's not enough to get the answer right on trivia. <laughs> no, it's not. Like, if you just put it starts with an A, I'll be like, yeah, it sure does. Good job. I was like, but it's got like six or seven letters. Uh, let me see. It was in the third paragraph. I just can't remember it. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how it is, man. So I'll be doing that on Thursday when you're in Birmingham and because I'm driving back from Atlanta on Thursday afternoon. And since my show ends at two o'clock central, I should be able to get back here, you know, barring crazy traffic. I should be home by like five, five thirty at the latest because it's only a two and a half hour drive to Atlanta. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's not like from where we live, especially being on the east side of Birmingham. I mean, it's a pretty easy drive. You know, you just got to cross into eastern time zone. But outside of that, I mean, it's I'm one hundred and thirty three miles away from my hotel. I just looked it up. That's not bad at all. 133. Holy crap, it's closer than I thought. Right now, it'll take one hour and 58 minutes. So two hours. I'm two hours from Atlanta. That's not bad at all. I was thinking it was closer, like two and a half, like in between two and a half and three hours. But two hours? Man, I'll take that. We should go to Atlanta more often now that I think about it. I was going to say this. That's closer than going to Austin from Dallas. No joke, no joke. That's not bad at all. So I'll be doing that. Yeah, so that's a that'll be nice because that's an easy drive, and we're going the day because like I have no idea what our schedule is going to be during the week. SEC media days is a weird bit. I will say, and I hate to say this about Birmingham, but Atlanta does a better job of hosting it because they actually put on events and stuff for the media, which is really cool. Yeah. Like on Tuesday, the baseball All Star game is Tuesday night. I don't know if I'll go to this, but for the media, they are doing a watch party of the Major League Baseball All-Star Game at Mercedes-Benz Stadium where they're going to show it on the big screens or whatever that hang over the field, I guess. Right. And so... I would I would say make an appearance and then bounce if, if you're not having a great time. I might go. It depends on the details that I find out. And then on Wednesday, they're doing a event, like a media party at a rooftop bar really close to the... Because, I mean... We, Let me tell you something. 
Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, when you and I went to Atlanta for the Super Bowl, it's, it's in the same area. Like, all that stuff, like, SEC Media Days is in that. Right. You know, the Omni Center at CNN is where we're staying right. and all that. All right, I'm going to give you some, some advice because you're like my little brother in the business. And I mean that very respectfully, not like I'm going to give you a noogie because I don't respect you. <laughs> you're not uh, going to rip my underwear up my ass? Right. No. Nah. <laughs> Go to all that shit, and if you don't like it, just leave early. Yeah. Because what I've discovered is you'll be shocked at the people you meet at these random events and you'll meet somebody there that you can use. And I don't mean this like that, but somebody you can use on your show or some contact you make that like, Oh, Oh, you're really information guy. Or you'll meet somebody there that will make it worth your trip. Uh, it, it almost never ceases to happen. Uh, that you go to these mixers or you go to these events and you just bump into people randomly or somebody you know says, hey, let me introduce you to so-and-so. Yeah. Um, boom. I went to one of those yesterday because I don't like to go to them. Uh, and for a long time I didn't. And now I've made myself over the last year start going to them again. And uh, I went to this event yesterday that I really, the, uh, the person in me was like, yeah, I don't want to go to this bullshit. But I was like, I should go. And then somebody sent me a text that said, this is my personal invitation for you to come. I noticed that you haven't been on the RSVP. And I go, oh, okay, I guess now they're <laughs> looking for me. So yeah. I, I was going to go, but I was like, okay, now I'm, I'm like for real going to go. And I went, and I wasn't there more than a minute, dude. And I got introduced to somebody. I was like, well, this must be why I'm here. And then after the you know, portion where you got to pay attention of the event was over and you could go back to mixing and mingling. Yeah. I went over there and talked to that person who I had never met, but who was on my list of people to meet so much so that I called somebody probably a month ago and said, Hey, you need to call so-and-so and set up a lunch so I can go meet this person. And I met them yesterday. And then after all that stuff was over, I ended up talking to him, uh, me, and another person talked to this person for probably 30 minutes, got their undivided attention. And I was like, that's why I was supposed to come. So my point to you is just go. And uh, if you're not having a good time, you don't meet somebody, you can always leave. Uh, but odds are in, in the situation that you're at, especially at SEC Media Day, yeah. you'll meet somebody that will make the uh, the trip worthwhile for you. Yeah, it's always like that. And, and this is such a good opportunity because, as, as you know, I mean, when you're in radio, like a lot of the people that we have on the show and stuff, I've never actually met in person. Right. You know, you yeah, track exactly. them down. And, and so, you know, one of the because one of my producers is going as well. And I told him is like, look, our goal needs to be like when we're not on the air, like after the show and stuff, we need to walk around and try and introduce ourselves to a lot of these people that we've had on the show or that we've been trying to get on the show so they can kind of put a face to the name and just kind of chit chat and, and have that connection. Because then they'll be a lot more likely to give us their time moving forward. Because like, oh yeah, I know Matt. Like I met him at or whatever. Because I mean, I've only been here for a year, and last year when I came back, didn't really run into a lot of people on my show. Like nobody really knew. I'd only been on the air for like a week doing my own show at SEC Media Days last year, and the fact that it's not in Birmingham and that it's in Atlanta, so I'm gonna be like in a hotel with everybody, and everybody's gonna be around and stuff. I yeah. think it's a lot more conducive to that than. Hey, uh, what are you doing later? Oh, well, I live here, so I have to go home. No, no, I think you're right, man. And these are things that I've just learned over the course of time, which is why I told you, like, I knew I was going to be in Birmingham. Once I figured out I was getting there early, I started reaching out saying, hey, are you going to be there? Are you going to be there? You want to grab lunch on Wednesday? You want to grab dinner on Wednesday? You want to do this on Wednesday? Uh, one, trying to fill up the day, but two, trying to make as many hits as I can uh, with people. Um because at some point they'll be of use to me and maybe I can be of use to them, but they definitely can be of use to me. Yeah, that's how it is. So good travels on the way this week. It'll be super exciting for both of us. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting out there this afternoon and just hanging out in the ATL for a few days. So that'll be very, very nice. And also tomorrow is the lady fiance's birthday. So she's actually coming <laughs> To Atlanta I with she's me. Moved, I love how she's moved from the lady friend to the lady fiance. Yeah, I feel weird. I can't call her lady friend anymore because it's a level above. I mean, you know. No, no, no. You're doing good. I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you. I'm thrilled for you. Yeah, uh, so her birthday tomorrow, and she's going to come because it times out really well is where I'm doing this. And, you know, for what she does, there's a, a market in Atlanta that starts next tomorrow on Monday. And so she's going to come with me, and, and she's actually going to go and do stuff for her business 
during the day when I'm working. And then, like I told her, I was like, look, you know, Monday we can hang out, we can go do stuff for your birthday, but Tuesday and Wednesday probably going to be touch and go because I got a lot of stuff I got to do. She's like, yeah, I got it. But what's cool is that she's also, because I'm friends with a lot of people around the Birmingham media, and so we've kind of gotten to be friends with a couple of, of the women reporters that are on TV here, and so she's friends with them too. So she texted right. and said, hey, I'm coming to Atlanta. Are you guys going as well? Maybe we can get a drink one night if you don't have to work and stuff. So we'll see how it turns out, but it's kind of neat. No, nah, man, I, I encourage that uh, if, if at all possible, uh, especially what you're doing, yeah. um, if you can take your girl with you, and just tell her the deal before you go, hey, I got I got to do something this night and this night, but the other day or the other night is yours and we can kick it. It's always good because hotel sex is always better. No matter how good it is at the house, uh, the different environment is better. <laughs> uh, in addition to whatever fun stuff and memories you make. But Oh, you know. my. <laughs> Stop oh my. me when I'm lying. Who's had bad hell hotel sex? When it's, when it's with your significant other that you've been kicking it for a minute and you're not in a place where you're in a hotel like all the time, it's almost impossible because it's a different environment. It's more romantic. You usually had a great day and sex is always mm. better if you had a great day. It could be. I mean, there's a reason why people like to take vacations and just get out of their normal yeah. kind of rut or ro yeah. normal routine of daily life. And for all you other guys, it don't even have to be a vacation. This is my relationship advice to y'all. Who need it? Just go spend one hundred and twenty-five, one hundred and fifty dollars, and take your girl, your wife, your fiance, your lady friend, your lady fiance, to some nice hotel. It doesn't have to be the Ritz Carlton. It can just be a nice hotel, and get a room for a night. It doesn't have to be a Saturday night. It could be middle of the weekday. It just just take her there. Don't even tell her. Just pack an overnight bag. Or if you're a bad man, like your boy, pack that bitch four. Ooh, I'm sorry. Pack that bag four. And just say, I got your bag packed. Hop in the car. Let's go. Where we going? Don't worry about it, baby. I got this covered. Pull up, and you'll probably get some before you go to dinner. You go to dinner, and you get some God. after you get home from dinner, and you'll probably sleep better than you slept the last year. Oh, look at you. Look at you hey, with the I'm life just, advice. I'm just, I'm just tossing it out there, baby. Just tossing it out there. All right. Uh, Y'all can send me thank you notes later, and my cash app is dollar sign JJT Buckeye. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right so there it is matt is like what the hell are you doing over there i mean whatever you got to get out man i mean it's 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 for you but yes i'm looking forward to it i mean the omni generally speaking is nice hotels and so a few yeah. nights in the omni in downtown atlanta where everything's very walkable in that area is, is right. going to be fun so it so is I'm a little call you about 10 31 hey what you doing matt well i mean let's be honest at 10 30 i'll probably be asleep or getting okay. ready to sleep all right, I got to I got to do the math and figure out when you're born. Yeah, you know, I got it like old. Of course, old. it ain't no fun to do the math because Matt ain't gonna answer the phone. So no, you're right. I won't. I, I, it's I really won't a waste of time. Yeah. So like I my, just send a text. I see what you're doing. A little more to the left, buddy. God. <laughs> see, you ain't doing this because you know that my mom and the lady fiance's mom listen ah. to this. You know what? I forgot all about that, bro. My mom and my future mother-in-law are listening to this conversation. I'm just playing. They don't do any boinking. They're not even going to have any kids. <laughs> Immaculate conception. Come on. <laughs> Whatever. All right. We're moving on. We're moving on. I, I wanted to throw out one thing before we wrap up, man. Yes. Oh, God. Thanks for that. It's... I, I don't know why, because I, I, I saw this note about Justin Verlander, and it got me thinking, and I kind of went down the rabbit hole a little bit on this, and Justin Verlander last night it, pitching it struck out 10, and he is the active leader in career strikeouts, and he just passed Kurt Schilling for like 14th all time, and I looked at that, and I was like, okay, well, what's the number then? And I went and looked, and I was like, holy crap. He's the active leader in career strikeouts. And, and Max Scherzer's like right behind him. I mean, they're like, it's insane how close they are. But when you look at what he has, he has like, oh, where'd it go? He has like a little over 3,000. I think he has 3,121 strikeouts. And he's the active leader in career strikeouts. He's 39 years old. He's been in the majors pitching for 17 years. He is still 2,593 behind Nolan Ryan. <laughs> I mean, that's insane. 
uh, bro, some of those records will never be broken. Uh, normally, we think we associate those with some of the records like back in the early 1900s, like, you know, Cy Young, where he's pitching every other day. And you go, well, nobody will ever get to that just because the game has changed. Well, guess what, people? The game has changed again. And, like, pitchers don't come anywhere close to throwing complete games. or And just from the sheer volume of that, nobody will ever get Nolan Ryan's record, man, because, one, they aren't going to pitch enough. They're going to pitch long enough, and they're not going to pitch enough innings when they do pitch yeah. to come anywhere close to that. Yeah, and that's the thing, man. I mean, it is the crazy thing about that when I started looking at this and you start realizing, man, some of these records – you know, we might have talked about this before. The strikeout thing will never be touched. You know, it's like back in the day. Cy Young's career record for career wins is 511. No never. one ever, ever will get anywhere near that. But what's weird is there used to be the 300 used to be, if you got to 300 wins as a pitcher, you're, in, you're going yeah. into the Hall of Fame. Justin right. Verlander is the active leader in career wins. Let me guess how many he's got because I don't know. Okay. How long has he been pitching? He's been pitching for, I believe it's 17 seasons. Okay, I bet he's got uh, 17 seasons. I bet he's got uh, 205 wins. You're not far off. He's got 238, and he is the active career leader. Zach Greinke is second with 222. All right, 238, and he's been pitching 17 years. He's got to get 62 more wins. Not happening. <laughs> he's 38? He's 39. Damn, nah, that ain't happening, brother. I mean, think about that. Because I was trying to just get him 10 wins a year. Yeah, 10 wins a year. I mean, even if he did that. But that's another six years. Yeah, there's that's no 45. way. Bro. You know, that's, that's what's interesting about this. Like, you look at that. The only two active pitchers with more than 200 career wins are Verlander and Zach Greinke. Max Scherzer is third. He has 196. <laughs> I mean, and these guys, I mean, Verlander, Scherzer, and Greinke – are three of the best pitchers of the last 10 to 15 years. Hands at Clayton Kershaw, another guy. He has 192 career wins. Right. I mean, it, it's that's what's so wild about this is the way that the game has changed so much. I was reading an article about this the other day, and it was really well written. I can't remember who wrote it. I think it was on ESPN.com about the disappearing workhorse pitcher. You know, it used to be you wanted a guy that would come in and just eat innings. 200 innings plus, that was the standard right. minimum of that. And this guy is going to go, and if he can get you seven innings, that's awesome. And if you can get him, you know, even a, a handful of complete games here and there. And nowadays, like with all the statistics and sabermetrics we have, it's extremely rare for any starting pitcher, even ones that are doing well, to go and face a lineup a third time. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, no, they, he's got to beat on your third time through. So. Yeah. We're, and your spin rate is down, whatever the hell that is. And so we're going to get you out of there before they can see you a third time. Um, real quick, bro. How many how many starts did Cy Young average? In a season? Yeah. I would guess, man, I you know what? Because they were ridiculous back there, so I'm going to go high on this. I'm going to guess 45 starts a season. You're about right. I was okay. looking at a stretch where he averaged, where he started, not average. He's, this was a stretch. Of years. 46, 49, 46, 47, 40, 46, 38, 41, 42, <laughs> 35, 41, 43. I mean. So he's starting. And so I was trying to figure out how he got to 500 wins. Well, he was going like 36 and 12, 33 and 16, 26 and 21, 35 and 10. Because he was starting all these games. And he was getting a decision in most of them. But. Think about it. Most major league pitchers start like 30 times yeah. in a season if they're healthy. And he's winning 36 games. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, you got like you go way back to the dead ball era. I mean, you can look at this like the top 200 seasons ever of innings pitched are all like over 400 innings in a season. And they were all yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe one or two of them was like 1902 or three. But every single one of the other one were all pre-1900. And then you kind of get to it. And, I mean, there were guys in the early 1900s. Cy Young's an example of this. Christy Mathewson was doing it. You know, Kid Nichols around that time period as well, where these guys would pitch 380, 390, 95 innings a year. <laughs> I mean, that's, that, that's just absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, but it happened. 
I mean, you will never see anything like that ever again. As a matter of fact, I was just scrolling through real quick to look at this. And this is mind-boggling. The most innings pitched in a season in my lifetime, well, not even in my lifetime, it was a couple of years before I was born, was Phil Necro in 1978 through 334 innings. And that is the most innings pitched any time in the last 44 years in a single season. <laughs> How many was it? 334. Hell yeah, ain't nobody going anywhere. I mean, dude, we stand up and give a dude a standing ovation if he gets five plus. Yeah. I mean, God, this is so nuts. I mean, guys are barely cracking 200 innings. Like, I don't know, bro. This, I don't know. All of this is why baseball just has zero appeal to me these days. Like, zero. Like, zero. The game is boring. It's not fun. It's just a meh. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I and- need more from baseball. I grew up, yeah, do y'all realize? I mean, I, I slam on baseball now. I grew up a baseball fan. Like, don't forget, I was living with my dad in the summers in Cincinnati in the mid-70s. I was a big red machine guy. I was really a Reds fan, like like followed the team and knew what was going on with them up until the, probably to the early 90s when I moved back to Dallas. Yeah. Because I was a big, you know, once the big red machine kind of faded, you know, then they were they were whatever they were, and then Eric Davis showed up, and so I got back on them again. Plus, I was in Columbus, uh, you know, so I was I was a huge Eric Davis fan, and I was a huge Ryan Gant fan when he was with the Braves, and all those guys who could hit homers and steal bases because I loved baseball. It was a great sport. It was exciting, a lot of action going on, and however it became, and however it devolved into this three outcome thing, which is the most boring shit ever, bro. It's like watching fishing to me, man. Yeah. That's why I, don't, yeah. I, I just got no use for it. It's just boring. Yeah. I'm it, sorry. I don't I disagree with you, man. I mean, and I'm the same way because I was, I grew up in a baseball family. I loved baseball and, and it's kind of that way for me too, man. I mean, they have just gotten to a point and this is weird because I love stats and I love numbers, but it, it, the stats have destroyed baseball. And it has become basically like you don't even really need managers. And we talked about that when the Rangers hired Chris Woodward. It wasn't so much about his ability to manage and strategize in-game. It was about how do I take the information I'm being given by the front office and compute it to where players can understand it. Yeah. Because that's what they need. Like, hey, uh, why am I supposed to do that in this situation? Well, you know what? Because 67% of the time, the outcome on this is going to be this if you put the ball here. And it's become so where the you play. Baseball has become a probabilities game. And that's, yeah. that's why I do hope, like, going eliminating the shift and doing some of those things to bring back the action of the game. Like, they need more balls in play. They, yes. It needs to be where you can just hit singles and where it's okay to do hit and runs and where guys can steal bases. Yeah. Bring back the action. Bro. And, and that's the, that yes. part of the game has just gone away. Dude, that's, I mean, yeah. It's disappointing because I really was a baseball fan. And uh, I really enjoyed baseball up, I mean, like, uh, up until the last few years. Like, if you go back to when the Rangers were really winning and Ron Washington was here and they played, to me, an exciting brand of baseball. Yeah. They had Josh Hamilton, the best player in the game. Why? He could hit, he could run, he could play defense, he could hit for power, he could hit. Whatever you needed him to do, he could do. And he did it. (laughs) That's why he was literally a great player for about a three or four-year stretch. Because he could do it all. Yeah, man. And, and, and that's, it really, really is unfortunate, I think, the way that the game has become what it is today. And you look at this and you look at, and, you know, there's still guys who can function and who can put up a lot of singles and, you know, find ways to get on base. But it's, it's just so much fewer and farther in between than it ever has been. You know, and, and I think, you know, the, going back to the thing about the pitchers, I think that's one thing that everybody loved about baseball was, oh, my God, Kershaw against Scherzer. This is right. going to be awesome. You know, and the way it, it, Glavine against Andy Pettit in World Series or whatever it is. I mean, you knew these these stud pitchers like, OK, this is this is where, man, I'm tuning in for this because I'm going to get to see these guys in the World Series and there could be some magic happening. And nowadays, it's like, oh, it doesn't matter. Clayton Kershaw's feeling it. Man, five innings. Can't go through the the lineup again a third time. <laughs> Dude, 
it's uh it's amazing bro. it is amazing it is and it's too bad hopefully they will change some things and things will be different we shall see but i don't know man it's not looking good it is not looking good and i just thought that was interesting those numbers as a matter of fact i just looked at this the last time a pitcher in baseball cracked 300 innings in a season was steve carlton in 1980 through 304 wow. innings good grief bro that was it we have not had a pitcher crack 300 innings since then, which is crazy. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have guessed that it had been that long ago. I don't know. It, it feel, I, I thought it felt like there were guys in the 80s who were eating a bunch of innings, you know. But even now, like if you can go, it, it's rare to see guys go 200 innings in a season. Like very few pitchers will go 200 innings, which is nuts. No, you're right about that, bro. It's uh, the whole game's changed, and it's not for the best. It's not for the better. Oh, by the way, I wanted to bring this up just real quick before we say goodbye because I got to get on the road to Atlanta. But for those of you and many of you listen are listening from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, you are enjoying the third hottest summer to date <laughs> in the history of DFW behind the summers of, everybody knows these, 1980 and 2011. The 100-degree days are on pace with 2011 and 1998. In the mornings have been very, very warm as well with most temps 80 and above. But it's crazy really? because so far, what is it? There have been 20 100-degree days to date. There was another one yesterday, so that would, or there's another one today as we record this, so that'll be 21 days, which ties 2011 for the second most 100-degree days through July 17th. Wow. And I don't know if you've seen the forecast for this week in Dallas, but I'll just run through it real quick. 104, 106, 107, 106, 102, 103, 102, 103, 104, 103. Have fun. Oh, my. <laughs> that's crazy, man. I mean, you just don't, I mean, holy crap, that's some heat. And you forget what that's like because summers like this don't happen every year. I mean, I know we like to talk about how crazy hot it is in, in Texas and Dallas all the time, and it is. Right. But yeah. summers like this where it's just ridiculous amounts of strings and strings of 100-degree days, those are like once a decade, What you're living through. I was going to say, this is that decade. This is that time. Yeah, unfortunately for you, you're going to be here in Birmingham on a couple of the hottest days we've had this summer. It's going to be 96 on Wednesday and probably 95, 96 on Thursday. Doesn't matter to me, brother. I've been forged by the steel of a Texas summer. Dude, we had a day, I think it was either yesterday or the day before, it was like 88 was the high. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice when you're coming from 100 degree heat. It's just, it's not the same. I'm telling you. So enjoy that. All right, we will be back with you, and I'm going to take my gear to the ATL with me, so we'll have another podcast that will drop for you on Wednesday. So we'll definitely get that one knocked out this week. Just as a precursor, we may not have one Friday because I have no idea what my schedule is going to be on Thursday if we're going to be able to figure that out because i got to get out of the hotel, and I'm not going to be able to record in the afternoon. So we'll have to see what the morning looks like. But... We're going to do what we can, bring you what we can. We appreciate you guys listening, and we will talk again very soon. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session Podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle, so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.